Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. Hey, it's Educator Barnes here. Today, my topic is finding the professional and personal line. Your principal or your colleagues do not need to be your friends. This is my 14th year as an educator, my first year as a school administrator. And throughout the different roles I've had, I've noticed how staff relationships have impacted students because it essentially impacts the culture of the school. And I'm asserting that people really need to think about the boundaries they have at work. I wrote an article one time talking about find your teacher tribe, right? So I do believe there is a sense of people at work that you need to kind of be like close to. Like you need your people, right? But everybody at your school does not need to be part of that tribe. They don't need to be your people. It was interesting. I was sitting down with my father a few weeks ago and my dad was talking about how nobody at his job really knows anything about us and I forget even how we started having this conversation and my dad says if it wasn't for the fact that you know I had you know you know <laughs> that uh that the, you know I had to put like this stuff down like you know saying I'm married and I have you know and I have these dependents or whatever you know back when he first started a job I said they wouldn't even know I had kids they wouldn't even know I had a wife he said, I'm here to do my job and go home. They don't need to know all, know, know all about you. Because when they get all in your personal business, then that stuff just shows up at work and it takes away from you getting your job done. And when I was younger and I was getting to the point when I was about to start getting into a workplace, my dad and mom talked to me about, like, you don't need to share your whole personal story at work. And they talked about how some people tend to do that and how it always just goes bad and always goes south, right? And for me, sometimes keeping that that personal professional line, it comes off as me being aggressive or me not wanting to be a team player. But that's farther from the truth is really me staying out of drama and staying out of situations. Right. Because I have not worked in a school where people don't gossip and you don't you won't have anything to gossip about me if I don't put anything out there for you to gossip about. So one of the things I do um, is I start with my social media, right? Because like today, everybody's on social media. People my parents' age are on social media. Like my dad's 70 and my dad is on social media now. Like my dad recently got on there because uh, another person in my family took over our family reunion and they were only communicating with people through this Facebook page. And that made my dad get on the Facebook, which kind of was a bummer for me because I only have like 140 Facebook friends and they're mostly people I'm literally related to or like a few colleagues I worked with a while ago and a few like kids I mentored, right, who are like grown folks now. So I used to like crack little jokes about my dad, but it was funny because my dad wasn't on there to see him. So now like my little corny jokes is kind of hard to crack because the whole stick was that he didn't see it. And then, like, he's on there, so he's all like, yeah, you, you know, you need to be careful about what you're posting. Like, I'm posting pictures of your grandkids. Like, okay. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is everybody's on social media, right? And so from social media, like, I haven't been in a job where people haven't taken screenshots of people's social media and shared it with people. You know, people that those people aren't friends with, right? 
I'm just like, this is just getting too much. So my rules for Facebook is that I don't friend anybody I currently work with on Facebook. Most of my teacher friends who are now my Facebook friends are people I worked with a long time ago who, A, I would hang outside outside of work without it being like a mandated work social. And I just like them as a person, right? So those are the qualities that get you, like I worked with you a while ago and I'm your friend, right? And the rest of my Facebook friends, like I said, they're related to me or like people from my church or like uh, kids I mentor. My Twitter is different. My Twitter is where I share a lot of my writing. My This podcast will be shared on Twitter, right? So that one is open. A lot of people follow me from different states. I got a few people from different countries that follow me on there. So that that's pretty much free reign. Because of the situation last school year, I now don't allow people from my current job to follow me on Twitter, uh, which meant literally blocking someone that works that used to share an office with me at my current job. And I was just like, if you want me to give you an explanation about why I did this, I'll let you know, because this person also shared my work. And what you're not able to do, you're not able to retweet me if I'm tagged on my article if I blocked you. Right. And the person like, no, I don't need an explanation. So um, I'm like, it's not personal. It's just how I, how I do. Um, and it's not that I'm putting anything on there that's like secretive. It's just like, I don't want, I want at work to talk about work stuff. I don't want to talk about, even though I'm talking about education, I don't want to talk about what I write about at work. Because at work, I want to talk about the teachers I'm supporting currently. I want to talk about the students I'm supporting. I don't want to talk about what I'm writing about on social media at work. So now I let people from my current job, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, right? I don't let anybody, you know, really connect with me on my Instagram either, right? And I just recently got Instagram a few years ago because um, my kids Googled me. I was uh, a literacy coach at a high school and I also had taught some high school English classes. And they're like, well, Mrs. Barnes, you have this like gardening website. Like you need to get an Instagram because it'll show up like the food that you're making. You know, because I, I, I would do little pictures of like my garden and then the, the things I would make from the food, the food I would make from the garden. So during like this downtime with all my students, it was so motivational. And they kept asking me about it. I said, fine. If all you guys get this work done, then I will let you the last 10 minutes of class. Tell me why I need an Instagram. So they convinced me. And actually during that last 10 minutes, we actually signed me up for an Instagram account. So, hey, kids will work <laughs> to sign their teacher up for Instagram. So we did all of that. Uh, and it uh and but because of that, when people realized I had an Instagram account, people started tagging me for education stuff on that gardening one. So I ended up making a education one, which is called Educator Barnes, if you don't know. And so people could tag that one. But other than that, like like social media is getting too much. I don't want any more social media. I don't want to be on Snapchat or whatever else is out there because I don't even know. I don't want to be on it. Right. But it's curated. And let me explain it to you this way. I saw a, a meme the other day and it was Apple. And the picture was of this apple it had been bitten into and the back was all bruised. You know what happens when the apple gets exposed to the air and starts turning brown. But the front of the apple was fine. And in front of this apple was a mirror. And it was like, I can't remember what the exact quote was, but it was talking about social media. You know, you only kind of see the good parts, even though there's like bad. And so like my social media is curated. And I think some people realize that like. I'm trying to bring attention to certain issues I'm passionate about. So I don't talk about everything I would talk to you about in person. It's not on my social media. Right. And so if you are trying to get to know me through my social media, you're not going to know me. You're going to know a piece of me that I choose to share. You don't know the whole me. Right. 
And because, and I'll speak to you why my Twitter went from anybody can follow it, even current colleagues, to no one. And it actually started with my last principal. Uh, my last principal, before I even came to school, was following me. She was liking my articles. She was tweeting my articles. Um, I ended up getting hired at the school. I disclosed that I write, you know, because I always disclose that now in interviews because I'm like, look, this is what I do. I'm not going to stop writing because I'm at this school. So if this is a conflict, I need to, we need to deal with this right up front because this won't be the school for me. And I'm very, and I, I tell you, there was a job that would not hire me because of what I wrote about. And I'm fine. Like, I would rather you tell me that up front than hire me. And then we end up having this conflict, right? Because at the end of the day, the education things I write about, I live that as a professional. So if I write to you about that, I'm going to fight for black children. I'm going to do that at work. And so if you don't agree with that and I wrote about it, then this is not going to be a match anyway. Right. But the principal, you know, started now because I'm in the building, started asking me about things that I wrote about. Even to the fact that she took a screenshot of a tweet that came out. I ended up interviewing the superintendent of the school district because he ended up being named the superintendent of the year for my state. So um, I interviewed him for one publication. Another publication retweeted the article and wrote uh, this tweet. Teacher skips over principal and goes straight to the superintendent. The tweet was meant to get attention, to get people to click on the article. And I appreciate the boost, right? And that happens a lot. I wrote from one publication, another publication boosted. It's kind of like I rub your back, you rub my back. That's how we work out, out here in this education writing world. Nine o'clock, around nine o'clock, I get this screenshot. What is this about? So I explained, I wrote this. And you knew I was writing because I had to leave work a little bit early to even go to the superintendent office to do this interview. And I told you that because I had to leave work early to do this. I wrote for this publication. This publication tweeted, I do not control what they write in the tweet. And then I said, you know what? I'll just reach out to, um, I'll reach out to them and see if they'll take it down. I was willing to do that. Oh, no, 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 no. Then they're going to say I'm being sensitive. What do you call taking a screenshot of my work after contract hours, sending it to my phone and asking me what is that about? That reads I'm sensitive to me. So, and then there was another situation where the principal um was <laughs> got into a twitter discussion um that I was having with a few other writers one of the writers had got canned from a publication and we were talking about like writing out here and how it's hard and how she kind of interjected herself and then even spoke directly to my ceo so I'm like, well maybe i should write i'm like oh, oh okay and then i responded right directly to her maybe you you should like i i, I ain't playing these games and then i blocked her twitter account Along with like everybody at my job, because it just became it became too much. Came to the point where I had a teacher who came to the uh, library because that's what I was doing last school year, and started calling me Educator Barnes, and kept saying it over and over and over and over again. And I just kept saying back, Mrs. Barnes, and she did this in front of her class, right? And when she realized I wasn't going to respond to her calling me that, because then, then she had some little snide comments to go with it, I'm just like. Because at, at work, I'm Mrs. Barnes or I'm Barnes. I, I don't like people calling me my first name at work. And that's a whole other story for another time. You're not calling me by my Twitter handle or my Instagram handle. Like, no. And that's why you need this line. Because once again, you being caught up, you know, well, why did you say this or why do you think I'm not? Go somewhere. Like, pick up your class and go. Why are you? No. And, and that and that and I was really annoyed because it was the second time I had a conversation. First time that the teacher 
came and was mispronouncing my name and my mother was there. My mother actually came in to volunteer and my mother was in my office labeling these books for me. My mother came out of my office and I was like, dear Lord, I'm at my job. I need to keep my job, mama. <laughs> Don't come out here because you, most of you guys know about the story I told you about how my seventh grade social studies teacher told me um, that she was correcting my name. She kept putting a little uh, accent mark above the second A in my name saying that my parents spelled my name incorrectly. All I know is that my mother called her because I told my my mom about it. And then she saw the papers coming home. Cause I always show my paper, parents my papers, right? Because they was really like, when you come home, put your photo on this table, you're going through your stuff. And I was in middle school and they were still doing that. Mom, and I was like, I just don't, and my mom's like, my mom held up her hand. If you, you, a black person, you probably already see, she kind of cocked her head this side. She went, nope. She said, this is grown folk business. I, I'm, I'm going to handle this. Don't know what my mother said to that teacher. All I know is that that teacher didn't make eye contact with me hardly the rest of the school year. And she stopped, quote unquote, correcting my name that my mother misspelled. So knowing that this was in my background, right? And this was, uh, there was three incidents with my name at school. <laughs> one my father got involved with to my mother, but that was like the most like extreme one, right? I was like, oh, mama. And my mama come out of the office and she was just like. And so my mama comes out of the office and was like, it's Shantae. And she's like, oh, it's not Shawanta. And my mother turned her head. She said, it's Shantae. I named her. I spelled it. It's Sean Tay. And the lady just was laughing at my mom. I was just like, and my mom just looked at me and she went back into my office and she closed the door. And I was just like, <laughs> and later I talked to my mom and my mom was like, I was not about to act at your job. I said, thank you, mama. <laughs> but it, all this pain just came from something online, right? And I'm like, and so I just ended up like, so I applied the same principle I had to my Facebook account. I applied it to my Twitter account. And I'm like, if you work with me, you can't follow me on Twitter. And I, I said, you can follow my publications. You can interact with me there. But we're, I'm not doing this. Because at the end of the day, it affects the kids. Because speaking of my last job, on top of that, um, I know who the person is. And um, I'm not going to call them out on this podcast. I could. They actually wrote a long complaint about what I read about uh, to the school, and it ended up being emailed to the entire school. And you know what? At the end of the day, I don't care because I'm not going to stop writing because y'all, uh, oh, says something to the fact that I, uh, you, I understand that people have the right of free speech, but some people are writing things online that's affecting the, uh, the teaching and learning environment of the school. Oh, because I'm I'm writing about, you know, how black kids are being treated. I'm writing about white teachers kicking black kids out of class. I'm writing about teachers don't know how to teach. Now, what some people know, I write art. Like, I got articles I wrote last year that I published this year, right? Because they weren't timely. They didn't fit. I, I couldn't finish it. So some of the articles that people, quote, unquote, were flagging, I didn't even write that school year. I started it some other time and I just now finished it. So it, it wasn't really even about you. But if the shoe fits. <laughs> so you were, you were really getting offended because I held up a mirror and you saw yourself. <laughs> and so you, now you're going to write a complaint. Nothing actually came to the point. I wasn't disciplined at my job or nothing like that. But I was like, oh, oh, OK. 
And I'm just like, see, this is this, but I don't have time for this. And then people started getting divided and wanting to take sides. Well, I can't believe, and I, because everybody knew it was about me. It wasn't even no, it was, that's the thing. It wasn't even a secret about who it was about. You knew it was about me. <laughs> and, I, and, and I just came to work the next day, like, whatever, shoot. Um, I did think about replying all and saying so. Now I was just like, no, because then it's taking even more time out of my life than I actually wanted to take. So no. So you like, you're not even important enough for me to actually even address you in person because a lot of times I do address people know I, I have friends um, that I'm friends with now teachers who's like yeah I remember at one time we had a little come to Jesus me I'm like I know and I said now we're good friends because <laughs> sometimes you gotta put it out there but here here are some guidelines guideline number one be keeping that professional personal line is if you are friends with someone at your school you need to keep their business between you and that teacher. There are too many times where people who are friends with people are out there going and spreading their business with other people. That's toxic, right? And I've had principals do that with me. They talked about people I worked with and told me how horrible they were and confided in me, you know, because I write about equity and stuff. Like, that's toxic. Because guess what? Guess what people, like... I was at a school where I'm like, I'm not friends with no principal, right? Like, I'm friendly. I'm not your friend. People were convinced that like, the principal was venting about them to me. And guess what? And they were paranoid about it. They should have been paranoid because the principal was. And I finally got to the point where it's like, if you're not going to come in here and talk to me about me and my job, because well, here's the thing. If you're going to come to me and talk about other people, you know how they tell you when you were a kid? If... A friend come and tell you about someone else. They're going to tell everything you say to someone else. You know, We all know we have. If you have good mamas, they done told you that. So I'm like, while you're here trashing these other teachers in the school to me, you, you could potentially be trashing me to someone else. I don't want to be involved in that. So if you're friends, I'm not saying you can't have friends at work. But if you're friends with somebody at work, a friend is a confidant. If you can't be a confidant, if you are friends with the teacher and you know she's struggling being a good teacher, don't put her business out there. Help her privately. Because that makes it toxic. That makes other teachers turn on that teacher. And I'm seeing that in schools, okay? The other reason we want to keep that professional, personal line is because, unfortunately, people hold stuff in our personal life against, against them. Like, for example, uh, you don't volunteer to participate in something. But, yeah, but I saw on the Internet, you know, that she, she went out on, on a date with her husband. You know, and then it gets all messy, right? And so you don't need that. And, and I tell people, like, you really need to consider, do you really want to friend everybody from work on your, your social media? Because that means they have access to anything you say on there. And anything you say out there can find itself back out to other people at the school that who you're not friending. That's the reason why I don't want to friend anybody. Because if I don't friend anybody, then there's nobody to know. And then if I only friend one person and it gets out, I know it's you. But I don't friend anybody. <laughs> now, for those reasons. principals at the end of the day they are the people that get you to keep your job or not keep your job and you don't really want to make them your friend because when you make them your friend and then they get upset with you they start doing petty stuff i had a principal who was i feel making some attempt to be my friend and then when i made it very clear like first of all don't call me shantae at work call me barnes or call me mrs barnes when I stop responding to your text messages in the night, when I block you online on Twitter, and now it's like now it, things are getting uh, getting punitive, right? 
Like now you have me escorted uh, through the school by the assistant principal to speak to you. Now you all like I haven't done nothing to you or coming down to my office and I, you know, trying to talk to me and then yell out. Well, and good day to you, too. Like, I ain't got time for that. Like, grow up. Like, I don't have time for that. And people know these things happen. There's nothing secret in schools. When that whole thing happened, somebody else heard it because my office was connected to some other person. And so it, it caused it caused other it caused the culture to be be toxic. And so you have to be careful. Me being an administrator, I have to be careful if I have to talk like rule of thumb for me is like when it comes to employees, if you're not involved in it, I don't need to tell you about the situation. When I'm in meetings and I have to explain something to back up a choice I'm making, I'll just be like, well, this teacher or this student, like I'm not saying the name unless you need to know the name that keeps things clear cut and clean it also keeps people from knowing stuff that they don't need to know and i would tell you if any of my um colleagues actually listen to this podcast i am known at my current job for saying this well i can't comment on that i'm sorry you feel that way but i can't elaborate on that and the reason i say that is because sometimes people ask you questions about things that they really aren't privy to right but then people feel obligated to explain and i know that all that does is cause drama and drama makes a culture at a school toxic. When the school culture gets toxic, it seeps down to the kids. How do I know this? I coached a teacher who tried to fight another teacher at the school. And when I mean fight, I mean fight because I wasn't there. I, I was not at this particular PD session because I had to go somewhere else. So I missed the whole, I want to fight. And, you know, some people are like, well, you were there. That wouldn't happen. But here's the thing. Does your coach need to be at your PD for you not to try to fight somebody? Come on now. But another t- a third party who was there was like, yeah, um, teacher threw down this, uh, uh, pulled out the earrings, and they were about to go. And I, I'm just like, but all that stemmed from, but the backstory to this, there was a lot of he says, she said, you know, come together and meet. Two teachers come together and meet. And then. Both of them go to other people and vent about the other teacher, right? So now all these other people are starting to get involved in this drama and it's becoming toxic. Then students that I had, right, were like, yeah, you know, Miss So-and-so don't like Miss So-and-so. And, and I and, and students know I have a rule. You When you come into my classroom, don't tell me about what's Miss So-and-so. The only, only person you're gonna, we're going to talk about is Mrs. Barnes and what Mrs. Barnes wants and what happens in this room. I don't want to hear what, well, Mr. So-and-so let me or Mrs. So-and-so. And the kids, I'm like, I don't want to hear about this. And they're like, you know, it's true. And I said, I, we're not talking about this. Everybody's talking about it. Like every time I try to shut this conversation down and the students proceeded to tell me was that they was overhearing other teachers talk about what this one of the teachers was saying to this person. So now the students were getting involved. And then guess what students are doing? Because they students, they, they, they still get immature. Now the students are taking sides. And so now you have this drama from grownups seeping to other staff members seeping now to the students students are now talking about it and then students behaviors are changing because like now they in class talking to gosh one one of the reports i got was the student went into the one of the teachers class that was in the conflict with other students said yeah that's i see why miss so-and-so said you petty that shouldn't have even been a thing that a student known that you said to bring up the throw in the other teacher's face toxic
This is why you need to keep the line. If I'm having a conflict with a colleague, right? I don't need to go and vent about it to another colleague who is not involved. If I need an outlet, I wrote an article called You Need to Find Your Teacher Tribe. I do feel like you need to have like a confidant at work, a person that you can talk to. Because as much as I love my husband, try to come home and vent to him about work. And then I got to explain all the educating acronyms we use and got to explain like why this is a thing in the school. By the time I do all the backstory to get to the story, I don't even want to tell the story now. So you need somebody in your field, maybe they're not at their school, right, that you can just dump to. (laughs) So you don't got to explain the backstory and all the acronyms, right? So (laughs) you need to have this person, right, that you're going to confide in. Because if you're having a conflict with a colleague, you don't want to share that with anybody else. And if you need some advice, that's where you go. If you have a coach, you, you, you go to your coach or you bring an administrator in. And when I say bring an administrator, that doesn't mean you bring an administrator to mediate the conflict because the best way to mediate conflict is between the two p- people. When you have to bring the third party, especially the third party is the administrator, then the administrator, they're just not going to let you just mediate. They're going to come out with some mandates about how y'all need to interact. They may even write out a, a plan of how you got to interact with each other. You don't want all that. Try to squash it, but you could go to your administrator and say, hey, can you talk me through how to mediate this conflict? And then you go mediate it, right? That, that's okay. Or if you have a mentor teacher, go to your mentor teacher and get advice. But a lot of times, you know, well, I do think principals are the big driver of culture, right? But sometimes principals are doing the right thing and it's the staff members that are being toxic. And so I will say as a minister, if you got staff members being toxic, you got to address those folks because those people will continue to be toxic until they address and maybe that means they're getting a written reprimand. Maybe they're being put on a plane to be more professional. And I know people are like, well, that's just silly. But when you get to a point where information is being spread down to the student level, our students know that teachers aren't getting along. That that does not serve students well because students should not be more invested in how the conflict is going than what's happening in the Shakespearean play that y'all reading and what a pun is in your class. Right. That's what they should be be invested in, not in teacher drama and then the other reason why you need to keep that personal professional line and then you're not letting personal things cloud your judgment when you need to work with someone or when you make a need to make a decision i'm when it's interesting when i, I talk to my husband about education he says like it just sounds like it's like middle school it just sounds like drama he said he said in his field as he's gone through his career he said we all in like in technology may have to work with someone we don't particularly care for. But when we pick our teams, we pick the best people who can do the job. It's not about do I like Bob or do I like uh, Tommy? It's about can Bob and Tommy get the job done? But in education, we get all about our feelings. You know, oh, I only want to work with my friend or or we all in nepotism. Oh, I'm just going to hire so-and-so's brother-in-law or so-and-so's mom or so-and-so's sister or cousin. You know, could get a lot of that in education, right? No, if we weren't making this professional, personal thing so messy, we wouldn't be in the situation where you don't want to work with so-and-so because you don't like them or you don't like what they said online. You will be like, well, this teacher actually gets results. This teacher moves data with black kids. I need to sit up under a teacher and learn from that teacher. So that's why I'm asserting that you really need this professional, personal line. And the other thing is you don't want to be violating HR policies, right? Um, you can get, real, especially if you're a school administrator, you can get yourself into trouble if you're sharing stuff. I had a principal who constantly came to me to vent about teachers and say how horrible they were, right? 
And at this time, I was not a coach. Okay, (laughs) so it wasn't like it was like a coaching conversation. It was like, oh, this teacher is horrible. But what the principal didn't realize, some of those same teachers were venting to me about the principal. And people know um, if you vent to me at work, I, I, I just ask questions back to you. What can you do about it? I don't get involved in the event. I'm like, I'm not like, oh, mm-hmm, yeah. And then what normally happens when uh, the event comes to me, people realize I'm not a gossip girl and I'm just going to put it back on you. Then people stop coming to me. And that's essentially what happened in this situation. But the teacher that the principal hated, one of the times the teacher reached out to me, the teacher was like, can you help me get out of this school? And I actually did. I helped. I uh, I said, send me your resume. I re uh, I uh, edited heavily the resume because it was not good. Uh, told the teacher. I talked about what types of school. I said you want to apply to a school that meets your your teaching style, right? So we talked about that. We looked at the different schools in Indianapolis. Looked at where the teacher lived. Looked at how far the teacher wanted to drive. Suggested some districts. Teacher gets interviewed. First interview doesn't go well, but the teacher had not interviewed in years, right? Talked through what went well, what didn't went well. Long story short, the teacher did get a job in a school where I knew someone who was a great educator, connected that teacher to that person. Teacher's doing well uh, this school year. But when you're doing things like that, people hear about it. And what was interesting, even though I never told that teacher that the principal had vented to me about that teacher, that teacher was convinced that the principal was talking about that teacher. So even if people don't get confirmation it's like you just get this feeling, you get this sense, and then it makes it hard to work. It made this teacher be in a situation where the teacher was emotional, crying, like, I don't know if I can keep doing this, and was taken away from the work because I thought this teacher was a decent teacher. I didn't think the teacher was as bad at this, as this principal was saying. I thought the teacher was getting, getting results. The teacher just had some different methods, and I don't even think the methods were bad. They were just different, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of myself because I did things that were different than my colleagues that I had to explain the principles that some principals didn't understand, but, you know, that's okay. Being different is okay. If the person, at the end of the day, if the person's getting results, then just let it go and let them do what they need to do, so if you're sitting here right now and you're frustrated with a colleague I want you to evaluate what is your relationship like? Is it too personal for the workplace and it's interfering with you getting your job done? If so, have a conversation and think about what boundaries you want to set. Um, boundaries I've set with people is like, um, I won't connect with you on social media. Um, and I get asked about that. Every job I've been at, someone's tried to friend me. It's like, I sent your, I said, I know. I said, I don't friend people at work. Oh, okay. Um, I'll set boundaries such as, after, um, don't text my phone after this this hour or I'll set boundaries of certain people do not get my cell phone number. Uh, you don't. I mean, why do we have to give our cell phone number to our colleagues? Because there was a time when I wasn't even a thing. Right. I mean, when I started teaching, like having your cell phone on work was not a thing. Now it's a thing where people were actively on their phone. And I get that we're tweeting our classroom. We're posting what's happening. That That's great. But. I mean, it was the last few years where I even carried my cell phone on myself. I would just keep, keep my cell phone on my purse and get it out during my lunch, and that was it, right? So, um, if like for example, my my team at my school, all of them, all my I guess you'll say subordinates, for lack of a better word for this uh, illustration, they have my cell phone number. But other people in the school don't have my cell phone number. Uh, other admin have my cell phone number. My principal assistant principal does, but no one else has my cell phone number because you don't need it. And if you get it, oh, here, because I've had my cell phone number given to people I didn't give it to. 
I will respond and say, I did not give you my cell phone number. Please don't text me. And I know that sounds like really like, whoo, you, I, yes, I do, because it's boundaries. Like you should, first of all, it's not appropriate to get someone's number for someone else. If you want their contact number, you should ask them for it. That's not appropriate, right? Um, and I just keep, I keep boundaries. And so I think it's a fear. Like we, uh, people have fear of confrontation. They fear like, if I set this boundary, how would the person respond? Like the only person you can control in that situation is yourself. And how they respond shouldn't stop you from setting a healthy boundary that you need. Uh, I believe that part of teacher burnout is that there's teacher drama. And maybe I should do a whole podcast just about teacher drama and drama in the workplace. But that drama is exhausting when you're worrying about it's a principal talking about me. Are my colleagues talking about me? That drama is exhausting. And it makes you unmotivated to come to work. And when you're unmotivated to come to work, you're not bringing your best self. And when you're not bringing your best self, you're not getting the results that you need for kids. So hopefully something in here I said today was helpful. And I guess I I had to ask you, what uh, professional relationships do you need to clean up? What lines and boundaries do you need to draw? What do you need to do differently to make yourself more successful in your school? Or if you're listening and you're not in a school in your workplace. Well, thanks for listening. Until next time.